I'm your host, Charlie Pacello, and boy, oh boy, folks, do we have an amazing guest with us today on the show. Uh, so thrilled that all of you are tuning in from where you are around the world. Uh, thank you for tuning in every week or every other Friday to the council here for our, our shows and our, the people that we have on, and it's because of you that we have this show. Uh, we are being listened to by people from all over the world. Uh, in 40 different countries, and it is an honor and a, truly a, a blessing to be able to be here. So thank you for tuning in, and I just want to make sure that everybody knows as well that uh, I have a book out. It's called Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. Uh, this is a book that I wrote when I was uh, you know, finishing up my master's work, and I was so inspired by the great spiritual uh, masters, philosophical teachers, and prophets, and other people who had were trying to understand the depth of their own soul. They were trying to get a grasp of what is the nature of suffering, and why do people suffer? Is there a point to it? Is uh, suffering a prerequisite to enlightenment? How do we heal ourselves from the traumas and the violence that we have witnessed or been a part of or even participated in? And this book, it's a small book, but it's a meditation on these big masters like Lao Tzu, like, uh, Con uh, not Confucius, but uh, the Upanishads and the Buddha and uh, Ezekiel and other people in these areas of the world that were not connected, but somehow there was something in the air, something in the air that was inspiring them. Then they were coming to the virtually the same conclusions. And so you'll look at uh, great people from Greece and India and Asia and Israel as they're moving into this understanding of this deep connection to their soul. You know, I consider it a self-help book for the soul, and it's uh, working where you understand the teachings, you get into the meditations, and then you answer the questions afterwards to help you connect, because a teacher can only lead you to your soul, but you have to do the work. So this is what it is, Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. The holidays are coming up. Please check it out. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it at bookstore, excuse me, storebookbaby.com. And as well as Barnes and Noble, so many other places, you can get it in paperback as well as an ebook. Uh, so check it out: Meditations with Masters of the Axial Age. Um, you know, today we're going to be focusing on rhythm and movement and dance, and how we're able to get in touch with our bodies and being able to get grounded in. Can we really? feel ourselves? Do we know if we're really in our bodies or not? And Maya Angelou says that everything in the universe has a rhythm. Everything dances. And that includes you. That includes every one of you who's tuning in and listening, watching. And well, the first time I got into movement, I've always loved to move and dance. And it was, you know, I, I used to swing dance years ago and uh, loved it. And I did uh, salsa dancing. And I just always have really been involved in, in, in the sense of there's something that happens to me whenever I hear music. And, and I think music is one of those languages that crosses, crosses barriers and crosses cultures. It just touches us in a very deep and profound way. And when I was suffering from my, my trauma, when I was suffering from my PTSD, and it was so debilitating and to the point where I couldn't even function, and I didn't have access um, to getting any help from the VA. I just, I, how I ended up leaving the Air Force, it wasn't, I, do, I didn't have access to the VA uh, system. Uh, I was one of those people that, uh, you know, had an un under other than honorable conditions discharge because of what I experienced. And so I couldn't have, I couldn't get that help. So I was looking for alternative ways to help myself because I was desperate. And one of my dear mentors, Dr. Sarah Larson, led me to, she saw that I liked to dance and she led me to these movement meditation groups when I was living in Los Angeles. 
And it was, you know, I, I was willing to try anything. And when I got into this room, you know, I was kind of in the corner and I didn't really know what was going on. And I just kind of allowed myself to fall into it and just, you know, trusted whatever I was here for would naturally happen. And what I didn't realize was how much I was holding all that stuff I was, that I had been dealing with for a long time, for decades, uh, how much of that was trapped in my body and how much that had to be, had to move out of my body. And being, and just having the courage to just even, I was standing on the outsides, I didn't want to be into the group yet, but just moving my arms or doing this, just started, I could feel this sense and all of a sudden these emotions would come up and these feelings and sensations that I hadn't been bottled up because a lot of the times in the military and other places we're taught to keep that stuff down. We don't deal with it. And what you don't deal with will come up later. <laughs> and uh, if you've been holding on to this stuff for a long time, it takes, its, it takes its toll. At least it took its toll on me. And what I learned at this time was that movement uh, is our first form of communication. Uh, it's the first spark of life. The first spark of life is movement. When you, when that moment that when when you were, came into this world, that it was you you broke free, you moved, you 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 cried, you expressed yourself, and so as I became more and more in tune with this and started exploring it, I, I started feeling better, and I began to understand that the body reflects our personality. And you can know that, notice that just when, if somebody's slouching over, if that's like they've got all of the weight of the world on their shoulders. Uh, or if somebody's standing tall and they're open and they feel this. And so movement doesn't lie. And you can just move into any shape, any gesture, and the body is going to reflect what's going on in that inner landscape of the individual. And so with every gesture, if we're paying attention to what the feeling is behind it, it's a thought, it's an emotion, it's an attitude, it's a memory. And then when we can move through that, when we can dance through that, we reveal the truth in that moment of our inner life and it has an opportunity to finally be released. Mm -hmm. And so it's through the dance uh, that, our, or that, our, that our inner self comes out, that our voice comes out. And so I'm so happy to introduce you to my guest today, because she is one of the premier experts in the field uh, around the world. And uh, uh, it's such a treat to have her here. Her name is Amber Ryan. She is a co-founder, along with Kate Shella, Sheila? Shella. Shella of the 360 Emergence, an embodiment of a modality that facilitates healing and transformation for the individual and collective. She was a student of the late Gabriel Roth and taught Roth's five rhythms practice for 10 years. Amber has led groups at the Omega Institute, Esther Perel's Sessions Live, Eileen Fisher's Learning Lab, Lead with Love Conscious Business Summit, and many more <laughs> offerings. On the, the mouthful there. Yeah, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> uh, on the international stage, and she's an expert in the body, mind, heart connection, and encourages people to come into close contact with their life's purpose. She believes the swiftest way to connect to innate truth and wholeness is to quiet down move the body and listen. Her website is www.the360emergence.com. That's T-H-E, the number 360-E-M-E-R-G-E-N-C-E.com. Well, welcome to the show, Amber. Well, wow, it's such a pleasure to be here, and thank you for that amazing introduction. Not only for me, but your connection to movement and your story. So thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, well, it, um, yeah, well, it, you know, I just realized from my experience how important it was. I was one of those people that didn't believe in it or wasn't really attuned to it at that time. Mm -hmm. And it had such an amazing mm -hmm. and powerful effect. Mm -hmm. um, Amber, how long have you been doing this for? It's, it, just share a little where bit about- Where do we start? Where, where do we start? You know, um, some of my earliest memories was of dancing. I, I always had this inspiration, as you said, music 
always grabbed me from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And so as a young child, I was dancing, I was moving in rhythm and doing it my way. You know, I, I tried when I was young, I tried out dance classes and I always wanted to do it my way, you know. <laughs> um, but eventually, uh, the, the, the dance, the learned dance, the where you put your foot in the pirouettes and all of that came into my life really strongly. And mm -hmm. I became a competitive dancer. Um, and through all of that, I started to get injuries in my body. Mm. And that is how, in a roundabout way, I found myself into the movement meditation modality. Mm -hmm. um, my body had started to give very strong signals that it wasn't going to be able to, to sustain as a professional dancer. So I, I went into avenues like you did with the theater, mm -hmm. um, learning how to not only um, articulate through my body because that was very natural to me but learning to articulate through my voice was a big challenge for me because movement absolutely is my first language mm. and so as the injury started to come I started to focus more on, on the theatrics and 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 I, I, I loved classical theater Shakespearean mm -hmm. because it really challenged my vocabulary mm -hmm. um, that kind of theater challenges as I can see you <laughs> nodding it challenges oh, I love so Shakespeare. Oh, it's my amazing gosh. Oh, right yes. I mean what a what a brilliant mind oh an artist he was an incredible artist it, absolutely yeah so what ended up happening um, was the universe God whatever you call it um, was giving me very strong messages and I was also so good at being a dancer that I kept booking jobs and and doing shows as a dancer and there was a certain point in my life where I was a I can just honestly say I was a complete mess. I had developed an eating disorder. My, I had a limp during the day. I was on crutches uh, during the day so that I could do shows at night and very, very physical shows. Yeah. And it was during that time, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but it was during that time that I started to understand the mind-body connection. And so mm -hmm. while I was on those crutches during the day, I would meditate and I would start to stream golden light energy from my mind into my ankle. Yeah. And so that's when I started to get a glimpse of that. I gained enough wisdom and courage to break contract with the next shows that were going to come in order to go back to, the, to really focus on my acting, to get off the foot, to heal. Mm -hmm. And then of course, went to school, Florida State University, an amazing part of my growth and education, got cast as a dancer and broke my leg the oh. night before that show opened walking to my car. And for me, that was, it, it was the universe telling me, look, I've told you a few times, you haven't been able to listen, so I'm gonna gift you with this so that you can really understand that your path is going to be different. And it wasn't too long after that that my vocal acting teacher, Lucinda Holshue, handed me Gabrielle Roth's book. And mm -hmm. when I opened that book and started to read who she was and what her experience was and how many similarities mm -hmm. there were in her story to mine, how much I resonated with that, for the first time in my life, I was like, this woman's gonna be my teacher. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so not long after that, I, I moved to Los Angeles to become a famous actress. That's right, that's what we yeah, all do. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> we know that story. And then, and then that summer, <laughs> that summer, I, mm. I had the opportunity to meet her, and, and she saw me. Mm. She was a seer, and she saw me, and she said, come to New York and do theater with me there. And I was 24. What else was I going to do? Yeah. I dropped everything and moved to be with the master there. I knew I wanted that close proximity because I knew instinctually wow. that this was my path. That's amazing. And, you know, I think it's such a, th so many people, uh, you know, when we go out to Los Angeles, we want to, you know, be, become that big star, that big actor or actress, we're gonna be this. And all of a sudden we meet those people in our lives that mm. change us, that, you know, it's, uh, there's such a, a powerful thing when you meet, like I met a master, teacher her name his name was Eugene Lazarev and he was a master actor teacher he came from the, the Moscow Arts Theater and he was a real true he passed away just a couple years ago but he was a true um, authority and and uh, of the uh, and the guardian of the art and he taught me so much more because I was in that you know ego mind and <laughs> narcissistic mind or whatever it was, and, and he really taught me how to get in touch with my own creative nature, 
to trust my own, whatever that is, to throw the words out, forget what the words are saying, get into you. Mm-hmm. Finally, and, and helped me so much in being able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. Because in my experiences in the military and, and other things, to the traumas that I had experienced had separated me from people. It had disconnected me from, you know, connection. And so theater gave that to me. It helped me to get back in touch with being able to commune with someone. Mm-hmm. Did you have those similar experiences as well, being in the mm-hmm. theater? Oh. Is, what, what gifts did the theater give you? Well, first of all, like I said, it gave me my voice. Yeah. It gave me my voice because I, I was, I'm so used to articulating through my body, through my hands. Um, I, I think a lot of us, and I don't know, maybe I'll say especially women, mm-hmm. I don't know, we're, we're all repatterning now, have been in a pattern of lockdown of not saying what we really feel. And just by exercising the voice coming through the body mm-hmm. begins to open that bridge. And then it might be someone else's words that you begin to speak. But now I know, for instance, like if I start to talk in a really high voice, I know there's something going on. Right. So the theater also started to bring awareness of not only you know, awareness of certain patterns that I had going on within my being that were no longer serving me. Yeah. You know? And then also, I, I've always been a, a pretty emotional being. I remember my mother taking Lassie away from me when I was really young oh. because I watched Lassie and I couldn't stop crying. Okay, So, so that's a part of me, a, a, a pretty intense emotional field. And so the theater um, also has, it gave me places to be able to put and focus mm-hmm. that emotional energy and, and exercise the range of emotions. Mm-hmm. I mean, a little while we were talking, a little while ago, we were talking about Greek theater, how big that is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost larger than life. You know, but some of our experiences that we have can feel larger than life. And mm-hmm. how can this body, this small body, contain something so big? Well, I have experienced that both the theater and dance and dance to me I heard this I don't remember where the the quote came from but dance is life heightened mm. so it yeah I love yeah, that stuck great. with me it's like, oh, because yeah. everybody can do that and that's yeah. what I love about movement practice is it's not just dance it's everybody has a body you know everybody that's alive has a breath and what do we do with this mm-hmm. yeah so the theater began to become a bridge for me to utilize all the plethora of emotions that were mm-hmm. flowing through me and to be able to channel it in a healthy way mm-hmm. instead of a non-constructive self self well you know and it's uh, I, I just think that people when uh, you know, getting in touch with your body is such an interesting and then you got to study with Gabriel Roth mm-hmm. I mean and for she was a phenomenal phenomenal teacher she was an author she was a philosopher she was a dancer she uh you know was a recording artist and and she's best known for creating this five rhythms movement uh practice um gosh what was it like to study with her was it amazing i mean i mean like i could tell you what it was like to study with eugene i mean i would every time and I, I, I know uh, some of the guys who studied with me in L.A. would just say, oh, we were just, like, transfixed. It was like, oh, my gosh, you, you, when you're hearing someone who's, who's really there, oh, yeah. it is like every word you just want to yeah. absorb and digest. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you ask me what was it like, I, I, I can say it was everything. Mm. You know, it was everything because she uh, was an urban shaman she was someone that was alive in our culture today very much attuned to it Mm -hmm. Um, and when i use the word shaman let's normalize that for a moment she had the ability to shift gears really quickly from this to that Mm. Um, she was a seer and so whenever you're in the presence of someone who can really see, it can also be rather frightening. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, <you're> like, <laughs> like, There's something what wrong is with she going to see about me today? <laughs> oh, my gosh. She's <laughs> oh seeing inside of it. You can feel it. You Absolutely. can feel and so it is. Absolutely. And so part of yeah. what that elicits is wanting to be the best, the best versions of ourself that we can be to show up in the best ways. But she was also very human. So we were able to be very human 
um, with each other and, and in the communities that gathered mm -hmm. around her. Um, she was both fierce and direct mm -hmm. and so amazingly tender and, and warm-hearted. Mm -hmm. um, she, yeah, was wild. You know, <laughs> she was wild. I mean, that's part of like, the fascination. Uh, you never know what exactly was coming next. Right. And, and one of the things that I want to say is that she trained us with rigor. Like, she did not back off, back off of training us in a, in a way that really called upon every single part of ourselves to show up. Mm -hmm. Because I believe that's what this life requires of us, mm -hmm. is, is to show up as best as we can, given the circumstances mm -hmm. that we're under. And we all have a lot of different circumstances. But she, she really, in a physical way, I mean... Sometimes when I teach in, in the way that, that she taught, you know, I see people today like kind of dropping like flies. I'm like, come on, you know? <laughs> right. you know and that's part yeah. of what we're doing in the 360 right now is really inviting that rigor, really inviting people's stamina. And of course, in a way that's really honoring of each individual mm -hmm. because we all have our own individual journeys and it's really important in these types of practices that everyone really takes care of their own bodies mm -hmm. in the process. Um, but, th but that rigor is something um, that I've missed since she's been gone. She passed away seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was, a, it was a, big, a big grieving. It's been a big grieving period um, for those that, that had the opportunity to learn with her. So, yeah, well, it was and everything. You, and, you, and, <laughs> and, and you're honoring her by moving it forward. By taking what she gave you and pushing it all yeah. forward and helping people to show up, helping people to get back into themselves and honoring. I think one of the biggest dilemmas in our culture today is for people to know they're enough. Uh. To know that you, just as you are, are enough. And mm -hmm. I think we are so bombarded just by our, 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 our lifestyle, what we place a priority on, and that we're always having to compete. And, mm. you know, if we don't get exactly what we want, we think that that is a reflection on us. And I think it's such a big, important thing to be able to help people know that you're enough just as you are. Yeah. You don't have to try to be anybody but you. There's only one you in all the universe. There's only yeah. one you on and all on this planet. Only you can be you. And mm helping people to get back into that power and 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 because if you don't have your power not right. no one you don't right. no one has it right. i don't have it right but you finding helping people to do that and you know i think it's important for those of you who are tuning in to understand what this five rhythms is mm. could you kind of just briefly help us out a little yeah, bit i'd love to honor my, my teacher and my root system in that way and you know quite simply you know five rhythms very simple mm -hmm. there's five of them <laughs> you know <laughs> and and before i name them just to preface saying that each of these rhythms are not only found within each individual some of those rhythms are quieter within mm -hmm. us and some of them are more dominant and part of the practice is to kind of uncover and discover which ones are dominant and then start to bring the other ones in so that we have more agility in our lives to kind of shape shift with whatever is needed in a mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And so those rhythms that are found within us and part of Gabrielle's brilliance is that they're, they're, they're found everywhere. They mm -hmm. are part of our, our natural world. And, um, you know, for us to really be supported more and more by our natural world as we become amazingly so so tech heavy mm -hmm. um, is also an important part of our healing and so as i call out these words you know you'll start to notice that some of them are very musical terms mm -hmm. um, and then some of them are also um, you can just feel the the sense of nature holding us in them and and so the first one is flowing mm -hmm. flowing um, you know, in each of these rhythms, they have a, a pure form to them, a pure form and embodiment to them. They also have a shadow attached to them as well. Mm. So there's flowing. The, the shadow would be resistance, which we all know about resistance. I don't know what you're you know talking about. about. I don't know. Resistance? <laughs> What's that? What is that? I don't, I don't know, know what, what you're right? talking about. <laughs> don't do that. No. Right? Okay. And, so, and so the second I one is, <laughs> <laughs> right? We'll just... We'll just keep moving on. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll maybe come back to that. Um, the second one is staccato, uh -huh. which is more <clears throat> rhythmically of a percussive 
expressive mm -hmm. energy and then the the kind of underbelly the, the the shadow side of that would would be rigidity mm. rigidity mm -hmm. which i know neither of us know anything never about know anything about that ever. are you kidding you know <laughs> We're just, yeah. what right? rigidity on the rhythm <laughs> all right <laughs> And then, and then one word, which, you know, I love working with kids, too. Kids are, and kids get this next word like this, and that is chaos. Chaos. We all know what chaos. We are living in a time of chaos. And so, <laughs> so we all have access to that rhythm, just whether it's a part of our own natural way of being or we see it outside. And, and we see a lot of the shadow of chaos as well, which is... I think there's there's two. It's either the completely out of control yeah. or being so controlled that we can't surrender Ooh, the control. Oh, yeah. 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 There's a, I mean, I, you know, being able to, because there's so much chaos and not finding any cha order in that chaos, right. you right. Be, end up doing everything you possibly can to control every right. single thing. Right. And then the body, yeah. as you already said, the body doesn't yeah. lie. So, so when you see someone who's walking around the jaw, and the fists and a really contracted sense of being. It's like, ah, oh, you know, how can we just mm. take a few breaths and shake that out a little bit, you know? So, so yeah, chaos. We know something <laughs> about that. And I want to just say about chaos, not to give it a bad rap, chaos is the most creative of yeah. the energies. You know, yeah. some of the most creative minds in the world operate from that place, but there's a way, as you said, there's a way of organizing that chaos mm. so that it doesn't become overwhelming, yeah. okay? The fourth rhythm that came through Gabrielle as far as articulating it is the rhythm of lyrical. Mm -hmm. um, the shadow of lyrical is where like addictions come from. Mm. You know, it's it's like repetitive habits that turn around the corner into more um, darkness or, or challenge. Mm. Um, it's also the rhythm where you know we can start to just space out and <laughs> not really be here, and so so that's also shadow lyrical. Can Gabrielle. people get stuck there? Can I, I mean, like, oh. because this can feel so good that uh -huh. you're just like, wow, this is, you know, because it's a, it, it's like a, you're intoxicated by that. Yeah, right? Absolutely. That's I mean, we've all heard the phrase Maui Wowie, right? It's <laughs> kind of that kind of thing of just yeah. always being kind of stoned, immaculate, and not actually being here. Right. Not actually being here. Right. You know, not actually being present. And sometimes a lot of stories get painted in that realm. A lot of stories of like, oh, you know. Ah, rising right. and ah, you know, it's just, uh, it's, there's not a lot of presence in the shadow of lyrical. It's mm. kind of floating off on a string <laughs> of balloons. And then, really, the medicine of our times is stillness because yeah. there is so much chaos. And so, how do we, you know, when we, when we look at nature as a palette, why a lot of people, especially in this part of the world in Colorado, love to hike, love mm -hmm. to, you know, be by the water. You know, love to just get out in nature and breathe the fresh air because there's a reflection of that stillness all around us, unless we're having, you know, the 20th snor snowstorm in, in about know, know, we've five had seconds. Some, we've had a lot of snow. <laughs> we've had a lot of I mean, snow. Gosh. We've had a lot of snow. <laughs> we've had a lot of snow. There's a lot of stories there. We won't go stories. into them. <laughs> yeah, and then the, oh. the very fascinating thing about the shadow of stillness, which <clears throat> I think a lot of us can relate to, is that place of becoming numb. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that place of numb, of, 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 of there's been so much stimulation mm -hmm. that I can't let anything else in, and, and then also nothing yeah. goes out. So, yeah. so, so I, I think that's a place where a lot of us in our culture, we say the word numb, we know what that means to a certain extent. Yeah. If, if we don't experience that ourselves, we can certainly uh, kind of take a scope around of people are, that are around us and maybe see some examples there. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I think that's so fascinating. And, and I think it, when people are actually, you sometimes, you know, whenever you hear somebody say, I feel numb, yeah. I feel numb, I'm just yeah. numb right here. And that is the shadow expression of what's going on because in the stillness you find so much, you know, your power, you find this deep divine connection, you find uh, a part of yourself that just opens up. But if you're blocked by the shadow of numbness, yeah. because you're so overwhelmed by what the culture and society is mm -hmm. giving you, or your own life, if you've experienced a lot of trauma or a lot of pain, you're numb to it. You're n you can't, you, because your emotions and your, have been so overloaded, you can't allow yourself to be able to, to feel those emotions anymore 
because you're you're so you're still ca encapsulated by that painful memory. That it's painful like the processing time. system is overloaded. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so fascinating. Um, you know, and I think people don't recognize how long dance has been around. I mean, and you, you think we're like, oh, we're just talking because we like to, we like to dance. No, dance has been around for a very a long, long time. time. In, in ritualistic ways, yeah. in ceremonial ways. <clears throat> and I think that's part of what the work that we've been doing, you know, there's lots of different kind of blanket statements for mm -hmm. or, or, you know, umbrellas for what it is that we do. But you could say conscious dance, um, you know, ecstatic dance is, is a big thing. Um, in the culture, but part of what it's returning us to is community, mm -hmm. um, is gifting ourselves back to the wholeness of our being, but it's also a return to ritual, which we, which a lot of us have, have really um, mm -hmm. gotten far away uh, from. Um, and then there's just the, the, the pure joy of when we actually do start to move mm -hmm. the body of, of, let's say we are experiencing numbness, that, that oh, just by, you know, tapping in some breath that's present, I can get my, my wheels, my juices um, moving again. And mm -hmm. what we know is that, yeah, we, we, can, we can focus on dance or we can just say movement because we all have, you know, all of us that are living and alive, we have a body mm -hmm. um, that, that has intelligence alive in it. Mm -hmm. And on the very basic level of moving the body, you know, comes an appreciation, a joy, of like wow, I can I can move, feel exercise. Let's just say, you know, one of the just baselines of, of goodness of dance is getting creative exercise mm -hmm. now. You know, and there's all kinds of studies coming out now about how dance is a kind of combatant, if that's a right word, a good word. I don't even know if it's a word. Is it a word? Um, <laughs> um, I think so. Com <coughs> combatant. Yeah, combatant. To, we'll find the right word. Um, to, to Alzheimer's and dementia. So there are starting to be studies that come out that, that are showing how healthy yeah. it is to bring dance and movement into our lifestyle. Well, we sit down so much. Our lifestyle uh, is sedentary. I mean, I think they saw there was a, a statistic out there that it's we sit, uh, the average person sits down for like seven hours, 7.7 hours every day. I mean, that's almost like 2,800 hours a year. You're just sitting down. Mm -hmm. And that leads, we're not, we're, we're meant that's to move. Lot. That's a long time. <laughs> that's, a <lot. laughs> that's a lot of hours. That's a lot of hours. Yeah. And if we're not doing that, that sitting down and, and it doesn't allow the body to be able, and so it's going to atrophy. Mm -hmm. It's going to fall into uh, disease. It's going to fall into illness and sickness. And so when people suddenly think, well, oh, my gosh, I, you know, what, what is this movement meditation mm -hmm. stuff? Well, folks, it's been going on for a long time. It's been, this has been going on for over 4,000 years. Right? Most people don't know it. Most people, you know, think that meditation is just in the mind and mm -hmm. just focusing on the breath. There's so much more to it. You know, many spiritual traditions have been doing dance. Uh, Hindus have been doing that. Buddhists, Christians, uh, Taoists all use this form of a dance to release, purify, and cleanse the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, cultures all around the world have been using this as a way to connect to the divine, to God, both individually and personally. The Sufis, for instance, in Iran and, and Turkey, they dance the Mev, <coughs> excuse me, Mevlevi Dervish, which is where they relinquish control of their body and they just spin, spin in a circle and they lose and they go into the ecstasy of that. And uh, it was supposedly, it was um, formed or created by the great uh, poet Rumi, who I love, I absolutely love Rumi. Uh, and he just was in a marketplace one day and he just fell into this state of ecstasy uh, and just started twirling around. And St. Francis had something similar to that as well in his ecstatic visions. But anyway, even King David danced in front of the ark. You know, he was, you know, he was, he danced in front of it. And, you know, and so this has been part of it. Ritual, mm. primal. Um, why do you think it's so prevalent around the world, Amber? Mm. And is there something in the movement of our bodies that breaks the stranglehold our minds have over oh, us. Absolutely. Well, first I want to say um, many of us, we, we have such active minds mm -hmm. that the even thought of just simply sitting down to meditate is 
unnerving, <laughs> yeah, they, right? They don't want to do it. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, myself, I feel like I needed to dance and move and meditate in that way for 10 years before I could sit. Now I can sit because I've moved a lot of the loops yeah. through my body and, and now there's more space inside to actually be able to be still, to actually be able to sit still. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're in a culture right now that is so mentally stimulated, in part because we're sitting, right? But there's, there's always something coming in. There's always another email. There's always another advertisement. And so part of the common denominator of meditation is to quiet the mind. Mm -hmm. And how we, st I mean, the brilliance of movement meditation is that we start as quickly as possible. Now, I have, I, I admit, I have a, a very active mind. <laughs> so, you know, what, are the, what yeah. is that saying? You, you teach what you need to learn. Oh, so I, so I have true. an extremely <laughs> active mind. And so, you know, through my years of practice with Gabrielle, one of the things that I noticed is that I need to make that mind-body connection right after I connect to the breath. So for me, I learned through my own practice, if I don't start with the breath, first of all, nothing's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. Nothing's gonna happen because the breath is the vehicle for transformation. The mm -hmm. breath is the vehicle for change. Yeah, that was a good one, right? Yeah, there. exactly. Thank you, for all of us. <laughs> that's that's great all, for everybody. Let's all take a breath. <laughs> Breathe in. Ah. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, so, so it's, <laughs> after, after we have that, that moment of invoking the breath into the body and so making the breath body connection which i believe is so and i experience is so vital then it's like how can i you know okay maybe it's by simply letting my eyes let it, so i'm feeling my feet on the ground which is also a really important mm -hmm. piece of what is anchoring us here in the moment especially and i know we're going to get into this you know especially when we start to talk about people who've had extreme trauma yes. what are the anchors that allow us to even take that deep breath yeah. in a way that feels safe and okay because a lot of times you know the, not only does the body not lie yeah. the breath doesn't lie so a lot of us breathe very shallowly mm -hmm. as a protection mechanism mm -hmm. and so for someone that hasn't moved or breathed in, in this way, just coming into the breath for the first time, that can be enough yeah. as, a, as a starting point. So let's say after that breath gets dropped in, and I'm, I'm in a, a, a moment where maybe I am a little bit nervous to start moving this part of my body, because why? I mean, my heart's here. Yeah. First of all, the, 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 the center of my emotional field is here. So if I start moving that right away, it might catapult me into an experience that I might not be ready for yet, mm -hmm. okay? But now let's say we have the breath going. Let's just, how can I, in a simple way, just start to move my hands in the space around me and start to pay attention to that. And if I can give full attention to the way that my hands start to move, I start to come out of the story. Mm. out of the mind loops. Mm -hmm. So part of the beauty of the anchorage, the anchoring um, of movement meditation is that we use the body, we use what we actually have right here mm -hmm. in order to get out of there and really into the present moment and also to get out of the stories yeah. of the past because as you know, yeah. as you well know, it, you know, and, and sometimes it's part of why we like to practice with the eyes open mm -hmm. because we when we close the eyes and there's a whole beautiful way of yeah we close the eyes we can sometimes many times uh, feel the internal landscape and and with more ease but also those are the places where we can see a a, a flash come through more mm -hmm. quickly and so we practice with our eyes open we practice you know only going as fast as deep mm -hmm. as it is that we can you know bring ourselves back in a moment if mm -hmm. we need to we can talk more about that but the moment I just start to put attention on different parts of my body all of that starts to quiet yeah. down and, and then the mind-body connection starts to come in like that. and it's so <clears throat> it's so important for people who are uh, so trapped in their minds yeah. uh, to understand that when you're able to do those movements it, move, it shifts from your different parts of your brain start to yeah. light up and it gets more into your right hemisphere of the brain and a lot of us who have experienced any kind of trauma are, you know, trauma survivors. And a lot of the people who listen to this show are trauma survivors, whether it's veterans out there, there's a lot, uh, uh, child abuse, uh, domestic violence. 
And, uh, you know, there's so much stress on their bodies, and it's very difficult for them to start feeling safe in their own bodies again. And they're so trapped in the stories, and, and it recycles, and it keeps going over and over again. And your brain is on this high beta brainwave frequency, which keeps it locked, and you're on this emergency mode, and you're zeroed in, and you're trying to make sense of what happened and why it happened and when it happened. And then all of a sudden, because your brain is that, your body starts keeping the score of that. Your body takes, keeps the score of those traumas. And it becomes paralyzing. You can actually become paralyzed by that experience. Your mind starts to activate these triggers in your mind and the, just things that are in the environment that trigger you into thinking and your body goes back into it because your mind doesn't know what it's experiencing if it's real or not real, if it's imagined or actually happening. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you can't break free and you don't know how when you're in these flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I feel that psychotherapy has is so limited is because it's so focused on the mind. Mm -hmm. It's so focused on the mind. It's not, not helping us to get, because the body is part of us. And that's where the trauma happened. Yeah. Trauma is pre-verbal. It's before you even have the words to understand what it is that happened to you. And so... Amber, how can movement meditation assist those who've experienced trauma mm -hmm. to feel safe again in their bodies? Mm. Well, I feel the most important thing to start with is, is one, if you're going to work in this way, which is a, a, a wonderful way. I'm working with a lot of people privately mm -hmm. um, who have had a lot of trauma. And so to begin this type of work, I think it's really important to begin with someone who is skilled and, yes. and, and can, can hold that space for mm -hmm. someone. Um, so, so that feels really important to, to name. And when I work with people that have experienced a lot of trauma, um, one of the first things that we start to build, because it is a series and it doesn't and it shouldn't happen all in one session, <laughs> right? Because no, no. The, the movement practice is a catalyst. It is a catalyst for change. And what's really important is that the practitioner has, what I like to say is has their own hand on the dial. Mm -hmm. So let's say something starts to get turned up really loud, that there are some baseline rules to say like, okay, it's getting a little intense in here. I'm gonna turn down that, that nozzle of intensity. And so beginning to create some very basic safety exercises is very important. One of the ways that I like to work, um, and actually one of my students um, brought this to me mm -hmm. and because she has had and has experienced years of trauma, so she actually came and taught me a little bit about this. <laughs> and, and that is the practice of, of tethering, <clears throat> of anchoring in the room. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I, I work in a home studio where I have plants and paintings and things like that. So we'll start with creating a safe space in that container. Like, oh, there's the plant over there, okay? And, and over there's a bar stool. Mm -hmm. So it's real ordinary reality types of objects that we start to build around as a safety net. Mm -hmm. So that if the moment comes where a trauma gets triggered, you know, First of all, if the eyes are closed, we open the eyes back up. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the first thing. Feel the feet, feel the breath. Am I in a past story? Yes, I'm in a past story. Okay, can we start to come back here? Let's regulate the breath and let's start to anchor into the space. So mm -hmm. there's just some real clear ABCs because the dance is such a catalyst, mm -hmm. you know, we want to be able to create that anchorage, so to speak, mm -hmm. so that there's a sense of landing. Where, If I go somewhere, where am I gonna land? Okay, I'm gonna land right here. My feet on the ground, mm -hmm. boom, boom. One, two, mm -hmm. presence in the feet. Here I am, take a look around. Am I safe? I mean, am I yeah. safe? You know that question. So we're doing it all it's the so time. Good. Every time yeah. we walk into a new space, whether we know it, whether we're aware of it or not, <laughs> every human being is doing that. Am I mm -hmm. safe here? Yes, no, no, okay, what's up? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes I am, okay, mm -hmm. we can continue. So just some real basic things in that way to begin. And then from there, a whole world opens. Yeah. Well, it, it is. It's one of the key things is being able to feel safe again. And when, the, when your brain, ha it'll change the way your brain, trauma changes your brain. It will, uh, it distorts and damages the area of your brain that make you feel internally safe, that I'm safe in this place. 
the posterior cingula, the anterior cingula, the amygdala, all those things have been changed. And so it is the process of being able to move through that, to move from where you are today into moving into where you're going to be in the future self. And you're taking it one step, one movement, one gesture at a time. Um, <clears throat> how does, and this leads me to my next question, how does this rhythmic movement bring health, healing, and transformation, and can, can anybody do this? Yes, that's, yeah. that's the great thing. Yeah. Anyone can do it, and you know, in the movement practices, and there's lots of modalities that are happening in the world now, mm -hmm. lots of different modalities. Um, children and elders, I, I had this beautiful man came to class a couple weeks ago who just had his 80th birthday, and he was <laughs> just, just uh, moving around, and just, uh, you're like, I hope. I hope when I'm 80, I, g I get to move like you in all of that inspiration. So the only thing that's really required is body, which we're all listening. We're here on this planet right now. We have that and a willingness to move, mm. you know. And I have worked, you know, one of my most dear um, clients, if you will, um, <laughs> you know, when he first came to me, that's a whole story. But, you know, one of the things about his wisdom was that he came into a workshop of mine and he walked right back out. And he knew within himself that he was way in over his head. I was teaching this workshop at a very advanced level. Mm -hmm. And then I got an email from him and he said, you know, I, I recognize your mastery. Can you help me? This is what's going on with me. Mm -hmm. And he was absolutely frozen. And little by little by little, you know, we built these exercises. So this summer he was actually in a group field of 30 people you know having emotions in front of in front of the group whereas when we started he didn't even have access to them wow. and so you know some so the, the the dedication and the commitment um, to, to to go on a journey is part of it but as far as beginning it only takes that first step and you know it's not for everyone but you know what if there's a curiosity I encourage people to follow that curiosity mm. wherever that curiosity is so if something is inspiring in this you know to you today it's like how can I follow through mm -hmm. you know how can I follow through and now through technology there are so many ways so so many of us facilitators actually work online now mm -hmm. it's you know of course it's wonderful when you can reach out and touch someone mm -hmm. and you know all of that but it it's also accessible because we have tools like Zoom today that can support that. It's brilliant. No, it is. And I think, you know, being able to gently um, yeah. and without, you know, and that's one of the things, you're not trying to force anything no. to happen. No. You can't force anything to happen. If you're trying to force it, you're, you're going against resistance. Right? Yeah. Isn't that that whole, which I don't know anything about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. um, uh, you can't force that. Yeah. And, I, you know, just, you just know. on that, you know, one of the, the, the beautiful things that I love about working one-on-one -on -one with people is what I'm doing and what I feel really skilled practitioners are doing in this way, we are following the body of the person that's doing the work. Mm -hmm. And so the body, the body doesn't lie, the body will start to reveal what it's ready for. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, of course, like as, as teachers or facilitators, you see, you, you meet someone, you can see all the places that we can go, but there is a place of needing to wait until the readiness of that individual reveals itself. Mm -hmm. And then when that happens, that safety that you were speaking of be, is, is, is alive in the yeah. space, and they've revealed that they're ready. And I feel that's a really, important piece you know if there are any facilitators that are listening that's a really important piece to listen in to the readiness of 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 the human yeah. that's in front of you absolutely and it's you know i think sometimes that people forget that they are human that you're a, a thinking and feeling creature and uh, this goes back to uh, aristotle we're thinking and feeling we get so caught up in our mind mm -hmm. And we're not allowing ourselves to actually experience our own and being able to be guided by someone like Amber or another facilitator who allows you the freedom to express yourself in, in a gentle way where you're, it's like you're, you're, peeling, you know, you're peeling the edges of an onion. Every, every layer that you're moving through as you're getting into closer and closer connection to, your, to yourself, to your heart. Now, Amber, I'm going to put us both on the spot here. Uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm putting us both on the spot because, you know, we're, uh, 
uh, we're into this work in, in multi levels, uh, but there may be people out there who don't, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, there's, uh, I, and I know, there, there are veterans out there, uh, you know, that, uh, who've experienced combat and, P and suffer from PTSD, and, and you know, he or she is, uh, thinks that we're just talking all this new age woo-woo stuff, right? Oh, boy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, there it comes. Woo! Here we go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> There's that shadow. <laughs> I see it. Woo! I'm just floating. Yeah, we're rising. We're starting to float. Levitate. <laughs> That's great. Um... And there's no proof of this stuff works or anything like that. Um, and I know a lot of them, and I've met them, and I mm -hmm. love them, and I honor them. Mm -hmm. What could we say to them? And I'll you know, let you go first from your experience and expertise that might get them to at least consider mm -hmm. uh, the possibility of exploring a unique healing modality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the best thing in that way is just to make it super practical and so much of what we do mm -hmm. is very practical and in the 360 emergence a lot of what we're doing actually is just grounding and centering work mm -hmm. you know am i sitting up in my length or am i slouching over like that's not woo woo that's just real yeah. and you know we can look at each other and and learn with each other you know I, until I would say about two years ago, I was sitting and standing with a slouched heart most yeah. of the time. And it was because I had a broken heart, which I know a lot of us can relate to, right? And so again, like when we, through movement practice, or we can say through somatics or embodiment practice, mm -hmm. okay? So if we just start to tune in and become aware and acknowledge that we all have a body, and this body is not only a messaging system towards the external world, mm -hmm. but also towards our internal landscape, mm -hmm. that practices as simple as becoming aware that I'm sitting like this, mm -hmm. and then you know, taking that breath and say, okay, what, what's another option? Okay, I'm gonna just yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's I mean, do it. I, can let's we do, it. do yeah. like a little exercise yeah, for people? Yeah, let's do a little people? exercise. It's great. Uh, you know? So that people can kind of so get a real. sense that they so can do this. It's real and it's practical. Yeah, you know? absolutely. So you can experience it. Yeah, so right there in your chair. You don't even have to stand up. But if you want to stand up because you've been sitting for however many hours already today, you can do that. <laughs> um, but let's just all bring our attention. Actually, don't even bring our attention. Just let go of that, too. That might even be a little too woo-woo. So just bring... Put your feet, both your feet, on the ground. Just put both of your feet on the ground. You know, we have all these different postures and ways that we, we sit. And so when I put both of my feet on the ground, then I start to feel what my spine is mm -hmm. doing on top of those feet. It's like, oh, you know, a lot of women, we, you know, have that thing of, like, cocking over to the side and put, pushing our hip out and all of that. It's like, am I, am I twisted? Am I? So let's just feel the part of our our body that's touching the chair that we're on. So you got your feet, you've got the chair, you've got the part of your body touching the chair, and then we're gonna take a breath and just let our spine lengthen up. And you know, as that happens, I just wanna tune into to two parts, to, or two different aspects of the physical body. One's the bones, we got mm -hmm. bones, and we got muscles. We got a lot of other things we too. Do. Yeah, we got bones and muscles. <laughs> so we're just gonna, we're gonna talk about bones and muscles for a moment. And you know, some of our patterns, especially when we have trauma, is that tension comes in, a holding comes in. So let's just all do that for a moment. So wh whatever, wherever you naturally cl clinch was the word that was just coming through. A lot of us are jaw holders, jaw mm -hmm. clinchers. So let's just have that experience for a moment. So just clinch that jaw, make some fists, and just let's say for three seconds, let's tense everything up. And then with that breath, I mean, just let it go and then let the muscles start to drip down your back. Let the muscles kind of drip off the bone, yeah? So that the, mu the, the, the bones are just doing what they're meant to do, which is to hold us up and to bring us into our length. And then now I imagine some of us are already feeling like, oh wow, yeah, I do slouch, I am a sloucher. Mm -hmm. And so what movement practice is, is practice yeah. and so what it is that we we do we start to become aware of wow am I a jaw clincher you know am I walking around I used to live in New York City and and I That's um, a lot of, I, a lot of clinching you know holding on right, right. Um, 
I was also in a, a not healthy relationship and a lot of anger was coming yeah. through me and you know all the past trauma of we won't get into all that right here we don't have enough time for it but what I started to notice was I was also walking around the city or even getting in my bed with either full fists or or a micro what I like to call micro holds so so let's just shake our hands out yeah and let that jaw go loose again and as you take that next breath in, really place those feet on the floor and then begin to feel those feet on the floor. And then just let your hands relax on your lap. Now, another place that's really practical, uh, we've been conditioned, I don't know about men, but I certainly know about women, to suck in our bellies mm. all the time. Right, I'm at no, 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 not so much. Right, so I might be speaking more to the to the women in, in in the in the crowd today. But let's just let's just understand that right now, as we're sitting here, as we're being human, energy is is or isn't flowing through our bodies. Okay, and there are ways that let's just let's just all like put up put up our one of our shoulders for a moment. When that happens naturally. We are blocking, energy is being blocked from flowing through the body. So let's mm -hmm. take a breath in, let's be aware that that's what's happening, take a breath in, and then again, just let the muscles relax. And then by doing that, we have more of our vital energy available to us in this present moment. Mm -hmm. Because any time there's a, an energetic hold in the body where it's here, whether it's here in the belly, wherever it is, mm -hmm. it's subtracting from the energy that we could have naturally flowing through us in the body, yeah. okay? So let's just, one more piece here. We're gonna go ahead and we're just layering here. So take a breath, let it go. <sighs> Good, we're gonna take that breath in just one more time, just clench, clench, little or a lot, whatever you want. And then let it out with a sigh. <sighs> Good, we're gonna do that one more time. Breathe in, you can clench or not. And this time we're just gonna let the body shake. We're gonna let the, the body shake. And this is, you know, we can see this in nature, right? Animals do this. Mm -hmm. when, they, when they get into a moment where there's been fear or an injury, what do they do? They, they, you know, shake, they, it they shake it off, yeah. right? And so in the movement practice, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's like, how can I shake off that energy that's held and pent up inside? And then look, here we go. I've got a, a movement here that just came came through yeah. and it's like I can start to and this may be a little bit more advanced but I can start to watch when I speak how do I speak what are the shapes that my body is making are there fists there all the time okay yeah how do I start to be aware of that and bring more ease in the body and when there's more ease in the body there's more presence and when we're more present we're not in the past we're not in the future we're right here yeah. um, that's yeah. and that's where the healing happens. That's where, thank you. And that's that where the healing where happens, happens is in the present moment. Yeah, and that's true. The, I can feel the difference. I mean, just in the little, just that. Just that. It's and that's so it. simple. It doesn't so have to easy. be dance. It doesn't. Right. You know, it's like yeah. yes. You know, when we yep. go into two-hour sessions, so yes, important. we get into all that. But the yep. somatic piece yep. of it is so important. And and when we start to work with trauma and repatterning the body, this is what we do. Yeah. We're not going in there and doing all this fancy schmancy stuff, all the woo-woo stuff. <laughs> all that woo-woo stuff. Woo stuff. And I hope you were able to feel that. I mean, that's, that's how important, just a simple exercise that Amber so graciously showed us can make such a difference in your life. Just doing that all the time, every day, is ah. able to just you feel so much better. And you can actually, as you get more in tune to the practice, uh, you'll feel that energy, you'll feel the lightness in your body start to show up in, in, in subtle and not so subtle ways. So Yeah, and some say it is the fountain of youth, you know, because <laughs> because we don't hold all yeah. that burden in the body. Yes. And when we're not carrying it all with us, then it's like, oh, you can sometimes just see years of age peel off of people because we're moving that old weighted past off and allowing ourselves to just be as free as we can right mm -hmm. here in this moment. It's so brilliant. So yeah. brilliant. Amber, I'm almost, I can't believe the show. Oh, my goodness. Like, can, I would love, I wanted you to be able to share just a little bit here about 360 mm. uh, and the service, the 360 Emergence mm. that you co-founded with Kate. Yeah. Sheila, right? 
Did I say? Americans would say Sheila, and she's British, so oh. we say Sheila. Sheila, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> I sorry, had a, Kate, a lesson recently. I knew her forever, and then I just got that correction from her son not too long ago. I'm like, oh, I've been saying your name wrong for about 20 years. Okay. <laughs> Could you please share the purpose, yeah. the mission behind it, any events that you have yeah, coming up, how, the, how people you. can get in contact with you? So yeah, please. Thank you. Thank you. So. Yeah, first of all, Kate and I are artists. We're artist healers, I would say, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really allowing for our artistry to be a healing bomb, not only um, for others, but for ourselves. And so, Kate and I, we always, we always do our work first. You know, whatever is whatever we're offering to the world is in part because we've gone in and done mm -hmm. that work ourselves, and that's, that's, that's really important to us. Mm -hmm. Um, and so part of what the 360, and I love the word emergence because we're only four months. We've only been in this for, for four months. If we look at you know when we made the transition, we were both Five Rhythms teachers and so grateful for all yeah. the time that we spent there. And for us now, there's been a calling of wanting something more, not only in our own practice, but for the students that keep coming back to us again and again and again. And part of what we are tuning into is where are our blind spots, mm -hmm. individually and collectively. And so what that is going to start to look like is not only the somatic embodiment practice and the dance that comes with that, but also we're very interested in bringing the intellect quite like what we're doing right now mm -hmm. and having roundtable discussions with experts on what is needed what is needed to bridge right we have this embodiment practice and we want how do we bring more people into this conversation mm -hmm. while we're in this world that so needs to remember this body mm -hmm. yeah so so what are the blind spots of our collective culture and how do we start to educate in that way so that we become a bridge in that way and the other thing that that is really I think um, indicative of our work is that we love ceremony we mm -hmm. love ritual we love the theatrics yeah. we love to turn all of that on not only um, for the healing aspects of it but for the inspiration mm -hmm. and the fun of it you mm -hmm. know it's just fun as well and so we love to create events that are immersive with as many um, sensory from visual art as well interactive visual art so bringing that ritual back to our culture mm -hmm. which so many past cultures had as mm -hmm. a huge part huge is part. really important to us that's just a little snip but it'll give you a little flavor and then you, we have a website as you mentioned in the beginning the 360 emergence and you just used the the numbers 360 <laughs> the 360 emergence.com you can find us there um, we're going we're going to Costa Rica yeah. soon yeah, yeah. Um, which is uh, has I love so, Costa Rica. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh the Costa nature there just, just teaches us so much. The culture yes. there, how to slow down, you know. So we'll be there. I have a New Year's um, retreat there that's going to be beautiful. And then and a few weeks later, we'll do another retreat. And, and then we, we're going to, actually, we're going to focus a lot between Los Angeles and Boulder. And then mm -hmm. next year, we are coming out with an online program so that those that are in Montana and don't have access to yeah. movement meditation, those who are in Costa Rica when I'm not there, you know, can have <laughs> right. access to what we're doing, yeah. to use these technological um, gifts yeah. as gifts, you know, yes. to be able to use them in a way that really serve us rather than the other way around. Well, yeah, and that's such a big deal. It, it's really, that's such a, like a Rubicon we have mm -hmm. to cross because it, it can be turned on us. Yes. It can be turned, but we, if we can learn to use it to get outside of ourselves yeah. and to really serving and that way, balancing that balance it's you, you, the, the impact we can have on culture and on society is, is, is mind-boggling. Yeah. It's really mind-boggling. Amber, thank you so much oh, for being here today. It's been my pleasure. It's thank been you. Awesome. Thank you. Been Congratulations so on your book. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, That's it's, huge. Uh, it's a big accomplishment. Thank so you. thank you for bringing that into the world and the work that you're doing here that's serving so many. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. I, it's, oh, thank you. Um, before we go, I always ask my guests... One bit, uh, just one thing mm -hmm. uh, to kind of close out. If you could give one bit of advice, uh, one bit of wisdom from your life experience, Amber, yeah. what would it be? It's really simple. Just keep moving. Mm. Just keep moving with however you can, whether, you know, if, if that movement, you know, some of us are, are blessed to have our arms and our legs and some of us are not mm -hmm. right now. And so you 
if you have a body and you can just sit there in that chair and breathe and, and give a, a, a rhythmic repetition with breath, that is enough. But I, I do believe that when we become really stagnant in the body, the other parts of us start to follow suit and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So regardless of where any of us have been, myself included, I've been way down myself many times, and it's that movement, that pulse of life, that if we can connect to that and just, just even just the simplest amount of movement mm -hmm. can get the wheels turning again and aim us towards vitality and health and, and, and life. <laughs> I love it, life. And it, it, yeah. I'm, thank you. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah, just keep moving. That's keep it. Just moving. keep moving in whatever way you can. It's amazing. Keep yeah. moving, folks. Yeah. Never give up. Yeah. Keep moving. Keep moving. Allow the rhythm of life that is in you, that is only in you, to, to touch into your heart and allow you to express yourself exactly as you are. There is no need to be anybody else but you. Yeah. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in to the council. I just want to thank... Uh, KUHS Denver for hosting us here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, thank you, Henry. Thank you, everybody here who makes this possible. There's so much that happens behind the scenes to give you this hour's show, and I just uh, can't thank the people who make all this possible. Henry, thank you. We are broadcasting live here in Denver on KUHS, denver.com here and all across the nation and all across the world. We will be back on the council. We got some great shows for you in the next couple of weeks. We got Dr. Eliza that's coming on next Friday. We're going to talk about how to help heal money. How can we help heal money and for you? Uh, great topic to come up here as we uh, approach the holidays. Folks, thank you so much for tuning into the council. The council is adjourned. May you all be well. May you all be free of pain and suffering. And may you all be whole. We will see you in one week. God bless.